You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, Make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Thank you so much for joining for another EM episode. I am so honored to be here with you as we walk through grief during the holidays in this mini. I know it is not a fun topic, but walking through grief is truly healing. And I'm so proud of you for even just pressing play on this pod because you could have just been jamming out to T-Swift. You could have been having fun with your baseball station, whatever you normally listen to. You tuned in today so that you could do a bit of a deeper dive. And I'm so grateful because we are going to do that together. You are not alone. So take a nice deep breath with me as we go ahead and take a pause and we enter this world of grief and loss even during such a festive time. So I'm going to go ahead and do that with you and I'm going to give you a nice four second count in and out to give yourself that extra space. So let's go ahead and take a nice deep breath in for four seconds first. One, two, three, four, and now out for four seconds. One, two, three, four. And do me a favor while I chat, you keep getting regulated because I know this and I do this outside of me speaking on the pod. And I just want it to become a great practice for you too. So you can line up your fight or flight with that rest and digest and truly have some equilibrium in your body even as you process. That's just going to make you feel so much healthier. But first and foremost, I just want to say I'm so sorry for your loss, whether it was a loss of somebody that you knew well and you cared deeply about that you lost, either physically or emotionally, or somebody that you're grieving that you maybe never got a chance to meet, like a pregnancy loss. I am sorry you have had to deal with that. And I really want to hold space just for you to know that you are not alone and that others lament with you and for you in this time because it's a fallen world and I wish it were not. I am an idealist by nature and so I wish we could just take it all away and there would be absolutely no loss. Quite honestly, sometimes it's even hard for me to fathom that there is loss because I'm such an idealist, but there really is. And we can only build a beautiful hedge around it and shape it as beautifully as we can versus erasing it or pretending it isn't there. So let's remember that first. And you've probably heard past podcast episodes where I've talked about this and the wonderful books I've read, like A Grace Disguised, where we have Gerald Sitzer talking about exactly that of building a garden around the stump that is now there after the losses of his wife, child, and mother all in one car crash. And whether your loss is quote unquote smaller or larger than that, I want you to know it's real and that it's going to be a process and it's going to look unique and different from everybody else's. And believe it or not, your personality can help you through that. I was recently reading a study, in fact, where I was fascinated to learn that personality does not change and shift 
even when we have people with memory loss. And I thought that was so interesting that those who are dealing with amnesia still retained a part of their personality. And I want to remind you that grief looks different per type. So make sure you bring the best of your type into the grief. Perhaps you might need to take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit so it's not quite so intense, but I really want you to make sure that you do bring your peacemaker in if you're a nine or very high in that space, or if you're a five and you really like to approach things logically, bring that as part of it. You don't have to abandon yourself in order to do your work well. In fact, I want you to make sure that's all part of it. But I want you to understand that some of our losses are not even going to be fully understood by our partners, especially if we don't let them in. So if you have that withdrawing tendency, or you're so aggressive that your spouse can't see it, or you're so distracted by other things, it'll be hard for your spouse to catch the vibe of what you need in the moment of grief. So I want to remind you that it's important that you speak out what you need And it's hard to do that unless you've had some time first to really reflect on what it is you need, right? Because if we don't do our work, our spouses are absolutely clueless as to the need and they just can't attend to us with any grace. They're just absolutely like, I am stuck here and I have no idea what I can do. And that is something I don't want for you. And I love Dr. Harris on Instagram. I don't know if you follow her. If you don't, she's a wonderful psychologist and her page, I'm going to just spell it out for you. It's D-R-M-E-K-E-L. And she is a phenomenal gifted TEDx speaker, course creator, and she helps grieving hearts reimagine life after loss. And she has a wonderful freebie that I'm going to share and link in today's episode because it's all about mindful journaling and writing down where you are. One of my favorite things about Dr. Mackle is that she is research-based and you know we all love that here because it just helps us to understand the trends we're seeing out there. And she reminds us that writing out our stories, which we've been doing quite a bit of in our collective lately, writing out our stories is very therapeutic and it can help us to walk through grief and loss in a way that we maybe haven't before because we're just stuck. And if you've really been going through grief and loss, you understand that sometimes we do truly get stuck, but that it's so healthy and helpful to just write down how we're feeling. And she gives you some other prompts too to help you to really, really visit your grief and what's the hardest pieces, not just so you can lament, although that's part of it is just owning it. This is where I'm at. I'm not going to cover it with alcohol or something else or running, literally running or otherwise figuratively running. I'm just going to face it and be sad for a few minutes. But she also helps us to remember the good and to say, like, even in my grief, I'm not going to give away all the good. So I was really enjoying doing some of her mindful journaling prompts. And I was remembering so many wonderful things about my mother. And I was really enjoying what we shared and just picturing her reading Little House on the Prairie in her wet nightgown and being grateful that she wasn't part of the long winter. That used to be one of her favorite things to say. And I still take it on now. She's like, as bad as it is sometimes in my life, at least I don't have to go 
through the long winter like Laura Ingalls and Caroline, the mother. And she always likened herself to that mom and said, oh my gosh, we're both from the East Coast. And we both met these men who wanted to bring us out in adventure and pioneer. And we left the comfort and cozy of like the high East. And so she really, really reminded herself often of that. And I think of that too, when I think of what do I miss and what do I want to carry forward? Because as you're really glimpsing here, when we don't take the time to carry forward, we miss out on the memories of the ways people have touched us. And we might even have that experience if it's been a different kind of a loss, a very creative loss where you lost a project or you lost somebody else that you cared about in a friendship and it hurts and it's painful to go back. But when you think about what you've gained there, there is a bit of light. And so I do want you to make sure that in your lament, you also ask the question, what light came from that circumstance, even if it was indirect light that I grew stronger. I had a client with that case recently where she had somebody really cruelly verbally abuse her at work. And it was our joy to be able to not just lament that, although we did quite a bit of that as well, but also to just say, my goodness, you would have not probably gone as far had you not walked through this journey with such compassion as you have and such a tenacity to make sure your coworkers were treated well. So there's all kinds of ways that you can do your work. But I think what we're really wanting to remember is as we pair this with marriage, for those who are in a relationship or a close friendship, if you're looking for friends to support you, You have to make sure that you know something of what soothes you so you can ask for that. And you might just be the type of person who quiet or happy times really shore you up. And so don't feel bad. Your way is your way as long as you're really staying within your moral framework because you don't want to diverge and head into a path of unhealth, dysregulation, addiction. You don't want to add on stress to your family where you're like, okay, this feels so good and intoxicatingly so. So I'm leaving this painful world and heading there. What I want you to do instead is similar to what I said on our episode about Allure this Monday is I want you to rest if you're in that space. Rest and do something peaceful, but don't bring yourself into a violent or an unhealthy place just because you want to be rid of the pain. Do understand that you need the breath. You need the rest. You may even need some steps of action. And I usually, you probably know this by now, but if you're newer to the podcast, you know, I like to take the steps of lamenting and then celebrating with gratefulness and then planning out my day and getting into action. Those steps really help to walk through the grief process well. And then you have a sense for what you need to when you're coming back into gratitude. And it might be just that, literally gratitude. It might be, okay, in my planning, now I see that I need the action of doing some work to help me to remember my purposes. And usually it is going to involve some purpose when you start to think about your pain. And usually there's even a tie-in to some of the grief and loss and trauma that you've experienced after you've come through with some gratitude about what you still have and what you've gained. You usually have a little bit of a different purpose. And I'm always seeing those commercials from Sandy Hook school shooter parents who whatever side of the fence you're on, you can just tell they're finding meaning in making 
a safer world for kids from their perspective. And so it's a really meaningful act when you say, I have had a great loss and this is the way I feel called to speak out about it. And we all have just a little part to play and we all help each other to become critical thinkers, more creative thinkers, more compassionate thinkers. That's something I teach my kids all the time in their homeschooling is I really want you to walk away with pause. I want you to be able to understand even my nine daughter, who's much more of a, I mean, she just is so passionate against animal cruelty. And I want her to understand why we were watching a Rick Steves geography video and why he's like, okay, the necessity of hunting and the hunter gatherer societies. And maybe she feels from this point on, like that's not going to be the way, or we need better ways. But what I want people to do is honor what legacies have brought us to where we are today from people who may not have had the same experience as us. So in your laments, this will help you to avoid bitterness. And some of your laments, by the way, in your grievous situations won't have a direct answer. It won't be this specific direct, oh my goodness, I see that I hurt my leg and now I'm going to be a physical therapist. Sometimes it's just I question more than I used to, but that's brought me to a deeper, more reverent place, more just humble place. And it's a great thing to be a humble, reverent person. So I want you to invite in even your wrestlings into this space and to make friendships with people who can support you in that and teach your spouse or partner how they can support you in that also. Understand that they have a very different temperament than you. And even if they had amnesia, they can't just step out of that. That's their God-given temperament. So do understand that where they're high, they're high. Where they're low, they're low. And try to make sure you have healthy community to support you in the spaces where your spouse is just going to be a bit different. But let your spouse balance you out in the ways they can if you're emotional and they're logical. Understand that some people come at grief very emotional or forward or wanted let's do this and others are going to be more acts of service in it or thoughtful I know sometimes living with two withdrawing types my daughters I will think that they've processed through something or maybe they don't feel as strongly as I do and then that night they'll come up to me and say I'm really grieving for a friend this is really troubling me and it's something that I did not know that they were handling even though it was such an internal processor so whether you're that internal processor or like inside of the CEO where you're the external person or you're the person who's managing the internal system of yourself or your family, understand there's a place for you and there's a place for your spouse. And even if you do say with perfect clarity, this is what I want to need. Sometimes your spouse isn't going to know exactly what that is. So it's okay for you to say, I'll try for that some, but I'll also try some other things. And for me, my mom's touch was so special to me. You've heard me talk about how much I love physical touch. So sometimes I will just reflect on that when I grieve of what do I miss? And I'm like, oh, her hand on my back. But what's interesting is sometimes I can feel that through my daughter, Melody, if she takes a moment to rub my back, or I'll just more overtly say, Wes, can you please rub my back? And I do things for them too, so that they don't feel exhausted by my needs. And I hope, and I know you hope this too, that we're over giving versus being the one to be taking more. I just think that's neat. And I honestly do believe it's it's a blessed place. I don't think it's a place of pride when we can give more. I think it's a place of, oh my gosh, like I'm blessed that I'm healthy enough to do this. And when I'm in a place of receipt, as you might've heard me say from C.S. Lewis's 
uh, late wife, Joy Davidman, she said, gosh, when I found out I couldn't give anymore, it just reduced the purposes of my life. So lastly, don't be prideful if you can give. Be humble about it. This is a blessing for you. So give what you can, take what you need to take, and hopefully leave this world better than we came, right? That's our goal. In addition to allowing ourselves that space for a lament pause, breathing, and pulling away when we need that little space. So before you leave this episode, I want you to just take a moment. I'll give you a couple of ideas to jot down. You might want to download the free PDF I'm going to be sharing from Dr. Harris. You also might want to do some journaling, mindfulness of your own, just asking some questions about what you miss and what you can bring forward. You might want to do some self-soothing behaviors like take a bath or sit on an exercise ball or make sure that you're having lament and then gratitude and then planning so that you can get moving. You might want to reach out to a friend or a spouse to see if they can perhaps assist with grace. You might want to serve and really make meaning out of serving in an area where you felt like you had a loss. And those are just a few ways that you can process your loss. One more quick tip is Perhaps you can find a core memory with this or that person or experience that you can always hold sacred. Even if the fates have chosen for you to have a different experience now, you can hold that memory very fondly and remember that when you need that little moment where we sometimes say, do you need that place of relaxation? Or maybe you picture that tropical place. It's also nice to picture the love you shared and to just take some time to reflect on it and to honor the symbolism or even the reality of what that meant to you. So you can carry that forward in your heart eternally. So, okay. I hope you were really touched by just your thoughts and your reflections in this episode with me. I will be sending out prayers as we do every Monday for our community, but I will send some more out today that you will be held and feel lavished with love and refreshed to know that you're not alone and you're on this beautiful journey of hope and healing and joy this season. This is a great moment to reach out for Enneagram and Marriage Support. Also, if you need more. So make sure you take a look at our coaches on our ENM page. Take some action steps if you need where you can grab some of our freebies and read our blogs. We are here for you. We love you and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramandMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.